Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. We are still studying the book of James and we are focusing on the essential James, and we're focusing on some some very core principles. And last week, uh, we we talked a bit about exercising your faith, putting your faith to work. You know, many of us have great faith, and many of us uh, profess to be Christians, and we're proud Christians, and we know we got all the faith in the world when everything is going good. But it's all about putting our faith into action. So that's what we covered last week in chapters 1 and 2. Today we're going to jump into chapter 3 and uh, we'll talk, uh, I have a message entitled, You Better Watch Your Mouth. How many remember hearing that growing up? In 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 my grandmother's household, we couldn't use words like lie. You can't say, oh, you're telling a lie. We had to say, you're telling a fib or you're telling a story. You could, if you said lie, you're going to get popped in the mouth, huh? Defects ain't here, and it's too late anyway because I'm grown, so amen. You know, uh, you couldn't use certain words. You couldn't, you know, uh, not walk in a room and, 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 and not greet an adult. If there's an adult in there, you had to greet them. You had to look them in the eye. How you doing? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Even from up north, I had to say, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, believe it or not. Yes, that's right. My family's from the South originally, so that's why. But nonetheless, you had to greet them. You had to watch your mouth. If you said, dang, they said, what'd you say, boy? I said, dang, mama. I said, dang, grandma. You don't say that. You better watch your mouth. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We need to learn to tame our Tongues. We need to learn to tame our tongues. Now, here at Mosaic Church, uh, we like to take notes. And the reason we like to take notes is because many of us have sat in a whole bunch of services in our lives. And we've heard great preaching and great message. And we carry these notebooks. But we try to cut that, at, you know, cut the middleman out and provide the notes for you. So there will be some fill in the blanks. If you need one, just raise your hand and we will get one into your hand. Uh, here's one here, Alex. Thank you, sir. And uh, we'll get one in your hand so you can follow along with us. It has all the scriptures that we'll use today. First scripture I want to offer is this one. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Like that guy there who just kept talking, said the woman was like carrying a baby hippo or something like that. The guy that was on the video, he just kept talking. Yeah, he'll reap the consequences. He won't be invited to the baby shower, I guarantee it. He won't be invited to any of those things. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. James 3 and 1 says this. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged more strictly. We who teach 
will be judged more strictly. Can I share something with you? They weren't just talking to pastors. They weren't just talking to, to teachers in the children's program. They were talking to every single person who professed to be a Christian. This particular scripture is talking to a bunch of people who were new Christians. And back then, because they got to understand they were coming from their Jewish faith. And in their Jewish faith, it was a high honor to be considered a teacher or rabbi. And so in this new faith called Christianity, their first thought was, well, hey, I want to be distinguished. So I want to be a teacher. And so James, the brother of Jesus, says, wait a minute, slow down, Kimasabi. Let me tell you something. You shouldn't be so quick to want to be a teacher. The teacher of the gospel, which all of you are. Why? Because you will be judged much more strictly and more critically because you claim to be a teacher. That's for every Christian in here who wants to share the gospel. You got to make sure your stuff is on point and accurate. Why? Because you will be judged more strictly. How many of you have been like the guy in the video where you've accidentally, and I say accidentally loosely, put your foot in your mouth everybody right have you ever has anybody ever done exactly what that dude did yeah i have i have and i've learned just to say oh you you look good and let them give me the news if they're pregnant you don't assume anything nowadays you don't want to put your foot in your mouth well as christians we seem to do that every day i want you all to read with me james 3 verses 3 through 6 and this will kind of bring up, bring into context what we'll be talking about a lot today. It says this, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Do me a favor if I can make you all uncomfortable for just a minute, and I dare you not to do it. I will call you out on this podcast that is being recorded right now. Unless you have food in your mouth, stick your tongue out. Isn't your tongue pretty small compared to your whole body? It's very tiny, isn't it? But do you know that your tongue can cause more damage than your fist, than your foot kicking somebody, than your arm putting somebody in a headlock or sleeping? Your tongue, that small tiny muscle in your mouth that controls the language that spews out can cause severe irreparable in some cases damages that small muscle in your mouth between your upper gums and bottom gums can cause some serious issues and so today we're going to learn how to tame our tongue we're going to learn how to tame our tongue. Why is it important to watch what we say? Let me tell you why. Because the word you say can change the direction of your life. The words you say can change the direction of your life. 
the words you say to people, the words you say about God, the words you say about yourself, the words you say about your faith, the words you say about your neighbor, your co-worker, the words you say about any of those things can change literally the direction of your life. James is so eloquent in how he uses the example of a small rudder uh, uh, choosing the direction of a ship, a small rudder. Imagine, if you will, Carnival Cruise Line's big ship. And what controls the navigation of this little thing is this small rudder, no bigger than 10 to 15 feet, very tiny in comparison to the size of the ship. But it is the navigating force that decides if the ship goes left or right. Our tongue is that same rudder. It will decide in how we use the language that God has gifted us with in the direction of our lives. If we are affirming to our friends and to our neighbors, if we are even affirming to ourselves, it can decide the direction of your lives. So choose your words cautiously. Many of you have great goals and great ambitions, and many of you just have some great things you'd like to accomplish in life, but your words are what prevent you from getting to said goal. Your words are the obstacle that is in the way of you achieving said accomplishment. Why? Because you have the vision, which is God-given. You write it on paper. Oh, you're so excited, and you start moving in the right direction, but somebody else who doesn't tame their tongue, speaks negatively into your life, does not affirm you, and all of a sudden that vision, you start to say, I can't really do that. It is true I'm not qualified. It is true I don't have enough education. I, I really don't have money. Do you see where I'm going with this? Everything I've said about this vision or thing that God has given me has been negative. My tongue has controlled the direction in which my life will go. The power of the tongue. Oh, my God can't really do it, even though he's done it many times. Oh, I love Jesus, but, but, but it's taken too long for him to answer my prayers. So I'm going to try this on my own. My tongue has changed the course of direction that God has already laid out for me with lights on the side of the road so that I don't get lost. Four signs of an untamed tongue. Four signs of an untamed tongue, if you are taking notes. The first sign is when the tongue is used to gossip. The first sign is when the tongue is used to gossip. And some of you Christians in here are like, oh, I don't, I don't do that. I know I don't do that. Let me tell you how Christians gossip. Hey, sis, we need to pray for Starvos. Listen, the brother is just stressed out going through all. We need to pray for him. But in that prayer request, I'm telling his business. Mm -hmm. That's Christian gossip. Oh, oh, we need to pray for pastor. We need, I saw him uh, out at a restaurant, and he was with a female. And they seem to be buddy-buddy. We need to pray for pastor. That's gossip. It could have been a business meeting. They didn't require my wife. Oh, we, we, we need to pray for Sharon. Woo, we need to pray for her. Did you see that skirt she had on? And Oh, Lord, we, we need to pray for Sharon. Woo. 
I know she got her net out there, but not her fishnets. We need to pray for Sharon. Am I telling the truth? That's Christian gossip. But we, we put, we need to pray in there so we can kind of ease the blow. The truth is we need help. Four signs of an untamed tongue. The first one is when the tongue is used to gossip. The second one would be when the tongue is used to argue. When the tongue is used to argue. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, a battle of the words necessarily. It doesn't mean getting loud and using profane language to get your point across necessarily. It means a constant debate, a constant verbal quarrel. When the tongue is used to always debate, y'all know those people that y'all see them all the time. You say something like, hey, man, it's going to rain. It ain't going to really rain. The sun is just behind that cloud. They always want to argue. They always want their point heard. When the tongue is used all the time to prove that you are right when the truth of the matter is you are halfway wrong all the time, that's when the tongue is untamed. Y'all know those people. Every time you got something to say, you know, oh, it's hot outside. It ain't that hot. It's hotter in Africa. It's, it's not that hot. All the time, got something want to argue with you. You can be like, man, it's such a beautiful day. Well, it ain't that beautiful. Somebody over there hungry. <laughs> want to argue all the time. Then let me get personal. Then there is the attentional person who likes to just come in the house and pick a fight with his spouse or her or her spouse just because they had a bad day. I can't take it out on my boss because I don't want to lose my job, but I'm going to come home and take it out on my spouse. What you mean you ain't clean up? This is what you cooking today? Didn't we cook this like two weeks ago? And I didn't eat it then. Picking fights, arguing when the tongue is used to argue. That's a sign of an untamed tongue. Number three, when the tongue is used to lie. Now, I know there are none of y'all here. There are no liars in this room. Oh, good. I'm glad y'all stayed quiet because y'all know. Y'all, because the person would say, that's right. I'm like, that's the liar. That's the one. That's move far away because there's going to be lightning in the forecast. When the tongue is used to lie. I love what, uh, what Matthew uh, six, uh, 12, 36, verses 36 through 7 says, and this is Jesus himself speaking. He says, uh, he says uh, 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 and I'll tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. The idle word in this text is, is, is the lie. Let me tell you why Jesus was saying this. He had just been accused by some Pharisees of being uh, connected with the demons, like him and the, devil were, him and the devil were homeboys, according to these Pharisees. And they said this because he had just healed a demon-possessed person. And so they couldn't justify it. So all they could say was, well, it's easy to, to heal a demon-possessed person when you're connected with the devil. The devil gives you rights to do that and blah, blah, blah. And Jesus says, no, don't call me no partner with the devil don't be lying on me tell you what since you want to lie on me when judgment day comes there will be an account and you will either be acquitted for what you said about me or you will be condemned for what you said about me 
And the truth holds true for us here today. When we tell a lie about somebody and it's hurtful and damaging to their character or to their person in general, then we will hold, we will be held accountable for what we said. Now, don't, don't start shaking in your seat. I see people going through their mental Rolodex. I knew I shouldn't have said that. No, 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 don't worry. We do serve a forgiving God, but just watch your mouth. You better watch your mouth. Because the truth is we will be held accountable for every time we didn't affirm someone. See, we're going to be held accountable for what we said and what we didn't say. We're going to be held accountable for what we said and what we didn't say. Like the times when we do shoot somebody down and speak negatively of them and we're not affirming them. Yeah, we're going to be held accountable for that. But we'll also be held accountable for not speaking up for those who are treated unjustly. Oh, we will be held accountable for not speaking up for those that are overlooked. Oh, we will be held accountable for not speaking up when God clearly has spoken to our heart to say something or do something. We certainly will be held accountable. But a sign of an untamed tongue is when you use it to lie. I often wonder how many politicians will be in heaven. I just wonder that. That's why I didn't get into politics. I was in sales. That ain't too far from it, right? Amen. (laughs) Number four. Number four. When the tongue is used to talk too much, that's the fourth sign of an untamed tongue. When you just blabbering, 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 blabbering to the point you get yourself in a jam, you can't get out. Like Brother Man on the video. He comes in. Homeboy says, hey, we're expecting First thing he does is look at homeboy's wife and says, oh, man, wow, she looks about six months. She looks like she's carrying a baby hippo with a baby in the, you know, he's just going on and on. I can't wait. I'm going to be the godfather, blah, 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 blah. And in the end, what happens? The man's like, yeah, we just found out last week. Oh, yeah. Just pull that size 10 right on out your mouth, brother. You just messed up. A lot of us do that. We talk too doggone much. We blah, 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 blah. We talk so much that when we get quiet, we start creating things to talk about that's not truthful. We're making up stories. We blah, 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 blah. Run out of things to say, so now I'm going to make up something. Huh? Y'all ever play that game telephone? Huh? Oh, yeah. Some people are like, oh, yeah. So I, I, I tell my sister Tamika here something, and, and she tells Brian, but it's supposed to be exactly what I told her. By the time it gets back there to Gerald, it's not the same thing because we create our own ways of saying things. We change the story, some intentionally, some just unintentionally because we don't pay attention. So the four signs of an untamed tongue are when the tongue is used to gossip, when the tongue is used to argue, when the tongue is used to lie or manipulate or anything like that, and when the tongue is used to talk too much. I love what Proverbs says. This is the most beautiful thing, and this should put everybody in check when we talk about talking too much. Proverbs 17, 28 says this, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. When their mouths are shut, they seem intelligent. Even fools seem intelligent when they just shut up. When they just shut it up. Keep that mouth closed, and you look very intelligent. Because a lot of times the stuff you say don't make sense to not even yourself, but you keep on talking. I want to share a few of my own 
additional signs of an untamed tongue that I, I was thinking about here. This list of four I got from a brother by the name of Pastor Stephen Furtick. But here's some that I thought about that makes some sense. Uh, taking shots, cheap shots at people is a sign of an untamed tongue. Just picking on them for no reason. My wife and I are guilty of that. I tell y'all how we go on date night sometime and, you know, we make it our business not to talk about church or work and not the kids, but we want to talk, you know, just affirm each other. And sometimes we just run out of words to say to each other, so we just start picking on people. Like, you think they together, really? Hmm? Why he keep looking over his back? You think he going to let her pick up the check? That type of stuff. So, you know, I guess that's taking cheap shots. We need, we're, we're, we're growing. Repeating rumors. Many people do that. Did you hear what happened over there at Mosaic Church? Oh, my goodness. And you don't even know the facts. You just heard somebody say it. It seems like it could be true based upon your own detective stuff. And it's not. And you repeat the rumor. And that causes so much damage. Woo! I can't even tell you how much damage repeating rumors can cost. It can cost real relationships with people that you love dearly. It can cost uh, marriages to fall apart when stuff isn't true. It can cost a lot of, it can cost people their jobs, repeating rumors that are not true. And it's so hard to come back and, and recover from those type of things. Another one, judging motives. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people guilty of that. He, 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 he got something up his sleeve. Why he want to change this? And why, why she want to do that? She, she got something up her sleeve. Another one, sharing details about something that should remain private. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yo, Mike, man, this between just me and you. What's that? What I'm going to tell you, you can't even tell your wife, brother. As soon as I tell him, it's supposed to remain between he and I. Girl, let me tell you what happened, wife, when I, I talked with Broderick today, and this is what he told me. But don't tell nobody. It's between me, you, and him now. And then she gets on the, on the phone. Oh, Dorothy, you won't believe what happened. Mike came home after a meeting with Pastor Broderick and told me, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all laughing because some of us, I'm guilty of it. I've done it before in the past. It's been a long time, but I've done it before. Trash talk is a sign of an untamed tongue. It's all fun and games until somebody gets hurt. And I know people who take trash talk to a whole other level. Y'all been to sports events where people get killed and stabbed? What was that sports event that happened last year where one team, it was an Atlanta Falcons game and somebody else, and they were, and the 40, thank you, and they were out there arguing, and my man was trash talking, yeah, yeah, we beat y'all, we put it on y'all, East Coast, West Coast. <laughs> mm-hmm, take this stabbing, brother. Trash talk got that dude almost killed. Huh? Trash talk, I've been in cases where we've been, you know, competitive and trash talking, especially basketball. People don't understand why fights happen in, in all the time in the hood at basketball games. Trash talking. Trash talking. We start talking about your mama, your wife, and your kids. Oh, this, this one with my eyes closed for your mama. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. Y'all remember that white man can't jump? We start talking so much trash. We get a fit. He's like... Trash talk can be damaging physically and spiritually. Here's another one. Faithless conversations. Faithless conversations. 
just talking and talking and no faith involved in it. You're talking about your dreams. You're talking about your ambition. But you're like, man, I, you share with somebody, I want to do this big thing. I want to start this nonprofit. And I want to help about a 1,000 kids in six months. And, and I know it seems impossible, but I just have faith in God. And then that person across the table from you like, ooh, that's going to take a lot. You haven't even gone to school to, to, to even do that type of work. Who you know? Your, your contact list is me and like your mama. Who, wh- how you, you can't do that. And you're like, yeah, you're right. Faithless conversations. Those are just some of those that I thought of. What you need to do is you better shut your mouth and keep your tongue in check. James 3, 7 through 10 says this. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. I didn't know you could tame a fish. That's, I guess, dolphins. Yeah, okay. I guess. I didn't know they were training them back then, though. Think about it. That's just deep to me. Anyway. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But no one can tame the tongue. No one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Woo-wee. Mm. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same dirty mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right, exclamation point. That means he's like, that ain't right. Y'all bless God, y'all praise God, but then you're cursing your, your Christian brother or sister. Shame on you. That ain't right. But the part that, that, that got me stuck was no one can tame the tongue. What? What? And why are we even here talking about this? If it's impossible for man to tame his or her tongue, why are we even having this conversation, Pastor Broderick? It doesn't make sense to me. Well, James says that so poignantly to let us know that no human, you, me, her, him, none of us can tame our tongue by ourselves. None of us. Some of y'all set a goal. I'm, only, I'm not going to cuss this year at all. I'm not going to even say damn. But you've already dropped a few F-bombs. Because you tried it on your own and somebody crossed that line and got up under your skin. Somebody said, this year I'm not going to say any, everything I say is going to be positive and affirming in somebody's life. And as soon as you had a deadline that was like 24 hours away and you couldn't reach it, you immediately begin to become a doubter. I can go on and on about the different reasons or, or, or ways that this could happen. But we need to keep our tongues, in, our tongues in check, but we can't do it on our own merit. We have to rely on the person who gave us the tongue in the first place. We have to rely on God, the Holy Spirit, to help us with our words. My grandmother, Nanny Rachel Crosby, a beautiful woman, a saint of a person, if I may say so myself, a movie was made about her entitled Lackawanna Blues. It's all a true story about this beautiful woman. I never heard her say one cuss word in her entire life. But that don't mean I didn't hear her gossip. She was able to control that through prayer and the power of God. 
Now, gossip wasn't an easy feat for her because she owned a boarding house. And everybody in the neighborhood knew where to go for assistance. So quite naturally, they knew where to go when they wanted to talk or needed prayer or wisdom. And she couldn't help but sometimes get caught up in the melee of a small community called Lackawanna. So she struggled with that, but she never, ever said a cuss word. She never, ever said anything negative about a person. And I know she didn't do that on her own merit. It took training and the Holy Spirit. No man, no human can tame his or her tongue, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can certainly do better. We can certainly do better. How to keep your tongue in check? I'm going to give you about four things to apply. The first thing is memorize James 1 and 19. Make it your personal mantra. Memorize James 1, 19. Well, what, what, what does that say, Pastor B? What does James 1, 19 say? It says this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. I think that if we all did more listening, I think that if we all did more listening and took our time before we opened our beautiful lips and allowed our tongue to flap a little bit, I think that we would all do much better with relationships particularly the relationship we have with Christ, if we would just take our time before we open our mouth. Many of us, that's hard to do, especially me. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm not going to sit and pretend that I'm a saint. I'm, I'm quick to get angry, and I'm quick to speak my mind. I just blame it on me being from upstate New York. Sometimes I get away with it. That's just how we are in New York. We just speak our mind. Me and Sam have that debate all the time. He's left the room, so he can't defend himself. But it's true. People are like, man, Sam, say what he wants to say. I'm like, he's from New York. Truth is, that's just Sam. <laughs> that's the truth of the matter. Memorize that scripture. Whenever you are angered, whenever you are frustrated, whenever things ain't going your way, go back to James 1.19. Be quick to listen. And slow, that means take your time, like a snail's pace before you open your mouth. Listen. Because at the end, if you listen, you realize it's not as bad as it sounds. It's not as serious as I think it is. It's not as offensive as, as it, it, the offense doesn't add up to how angry I am on the inside. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Remember, memorize that. Because y'all going to use it like I guarantee somebody going to send me an email. Woo! Thank you for that scripture, Pastor B. I had to use that like yesterday. This so-and-so said this and that to me. Anyway, the second thing you should do, seek an accountability partner. I know that's so cheesy and corny and, you know, what are, we, what are you saying? Call somebody every time I'm about to cuss somebody out? Yeah, why not? Real talk. Why not? I've done it. I'm not going to front. I still do. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes I just got to call on God, but other times I really have to be like, yo, dude, like, talk to me. My next step, I've been thinking about this, D. I'm just going to let you know. I've been thinking about having, like, calling you and, like, sing me a worship song, please, because I'm about to go off. <laughs> just sing to me. Because I see how you calm babies, and maybe that'll work on pastors, too. I don't know. But honestly, 
Seriously, call somebody. I've called my brothers, man, for when I've been really angry, want to just say some things to, to people in higher powers. I just want to go off. I mean, I've been wanting to, like, call, like, politicians about certain things. I've been wanting to call school boards about certain things, and I'm just like, mm. Sometimes I've come into this place while they're doing wonderful construction, and I'm a vested uh, person in this building because I have children that attend this school. Not only do our church, does our church attend here, but my children are part of it. My wife is on the board of our PTA, and sometimes I come in, and I'm like, oh, I'm about to call somebody from some place. Somebody's going to do something about this. But then I have to just pray or tell Brandon, yo, pray for me, man, because I'm about to, like, go off. Pray for me, Brian. We all need it. Get an accountability partner, somebody you can really talk to about it. Sometimes you might just need to go out and have a woosah moment. The other thing you should do is, number three, is yield your tongue to God in prayer. Yield your tongue to God in prayer. Now, why did I use yield? I just, one, I like the word, and it sounds, makes me sound smart, like, like my actual the, theological studies have actually worked. But yield your tongue to God in prayer. The Hebrew word, for yield is natham, which means to give, bestow, or devote. Uh, you spell it like Nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N. Hebrew word for yield is natham. And it means to bestow, and this is the word I want you to focus on, or devote. So let's just change that word yield to devote your tongue to God. Devote your tongue to God. Now, what does that mean? Go around quoting scripture all day? Nah, it's not that deep. But it does mean say things that would honor God. In other words, if I say some things that are affirming to you, if I say some things that are, you know, regardless of your situation, regardless of our situation together, if I say some things that are positive, that will, will bring life into you, that, that will do something positively to impact you, I firmly believe that that honors God, so I devote my tongue to God. Not just quoting scriptures, but saying things that I know God would be pleased with. Saying things that I know that if God heard me say, which he does hear me say, but if he heard me like if he's around the corner from earshot, heard me say that he'd be like, okay, okay, maybe y'all, some of y'all can get it. Say things that your mama would approve of. Because there are certain things that if your mama heard you saying that she can smack you in the mouth. Or your daddy. Use your words as if you think your parent or somebody you revere, somebody you hold to a high standard, may be right around the corner and you're afraid to say it. I remember when we were kids growing up in the projects in upstate New York, we used to look and then cuss. <laughs> what? Am I the only one? Y'all know what I'm saying. We'll be staying, you know, you want to be cool and out there, but you, man, F that, man, that, that, do, 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 do. Okay, now I hear nobody. Or oh, you looking up to see if they looking in the window. Huh? That's how we should use our words. As if we are afraid that God is like just right there in our business. Oh, what'd you say? Say it again. You better shut your mouth. You better watch your mouth. I didn't raise you like that. Yield your tongue to God. Devote your tongue to God so that everything you say is affirming. Everything that you say is positive. Everything that you say is life-giving. And the final thing, number four, is 
This is, this, is, this is everything to do with last week. Apply the word of God to your tongue. Apply it. Apply it. He said, don't, don't use certain language. Don't do it. Apply it. He says, love your, your neighbor. Let your actions and your words show your neighbor that you love them. Hey, neighbor, how you doing? How's everything? Really ask. I have a neighbor that it, it trips him out every time. When I see him, I stop him. Hey, how you doing, man? Said, How's your dad doing? I know he was in a hospital for a good while. Is he doing better? And he's like, man, you still, you're still asking about my pops. Yes, I'm asking about your pops. I'm praying for your pops. I don't know his name, but I know you told me he was in a hospital. He had surgery. He was going through some things, and I'm a man of God, and I love to pray. And so, yeah, so I'm asking. I want to see if the prayers are working, my brother. Well, they are. Okay, good. Keep on. Or my other neighbors over there, you know, hey, how y'all doing? You know, they're a lesbian couple. I've invited them a million times. Come hang out with us. How you doing? You guys want to come over? We're having Bible study. They're like, really? Yeah, really. Yeah. That's what Jesus would do. Huh? Anybody want to debate me on that? I'll beat you. I promise you. I'll tear you down. And it'll only be with Scripture. Anybody? I thought not. That's the truth of the matter. That's what Jesus would do. I love shocking people with Scripture. I love shocking people actually being a real Christian. The sad part is that they're shocked. That's the sad part, is that they're shocked when we do things that Jesus would do. Amen? One, memorize James 1.19. Two, seek an accountability partner. Three, devote or yield your tongue to God and apply the word of God is number four. To change the direction of your life, you must change the declaration of your lips. If you want to change the direction of your life, change the declaration of your lips. Change the things you are saying and how you are saying them. You want to change the the, the direction of your life, start speaking positive things. Oh, I know I can do this. I know God who does some amazing things in my life. There's, I don't care what they say, but I know a God who can do it. I know I can't do it on my own merit, but I serve a God who can do it. So, God, if you gave me the vision, if you've given me this thing to do, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to take my first step out. Start saying some things and watch your direction change. That's a little flutter. Remember, this little tongue, this little muscle in this body of yours controls the direction of your life. Change your declarations of your lips to change your direction for your life. Somebody will get that and thank me later. Proverbs 21, 23 says this, Watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, I can go so many places with that. I'm just going to let y'all use your imagination. Psalms 19:14 says this. This is my prayer every day before I even speak publicly. Psalms 19:14 says this. King James Version says it a different way. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pure and acceptable unto you. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pure and acceptable unto you. When I go into a business meeting, that's the first thing I say. When I came to this school, 
to speak with Dr. Simmons DeVoe and, 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 and uh, Ms. McKinney, the other principal. Before I came, I sat in that parking lot. That was my prayer. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pure. In other words, God, I'm going to say some things to build this partnership so that we can have a great service in this school. But God, don't let it be for selfish reasons, but let it be for reasons that would edify and build this kingdom. I pray that this relationship is one that is built that would honor you, not honor me. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pure and acceptable. Pure means without blemish. Pure means without fault. Pure means beautiful. And that's my prayer every day. Let that be yours. When you go out, when you go to a meeting, when you get on the phone with your boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, and y'all get to that talking that juicy stuff, before you get there, God, I'm on the phone with my other person. Let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pure and acceptable. And y'all just say, how was your day? How was your day? Good, good. All right. I'll talk to you later before y'all get to the heat in the conversation. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Where you laying down. And let's close right here. Above anything else, why do we say all of these things? James 3, 2 says this. Why do we say all of this? What is all of this about? This makes sense when we read James 3, 2. It says this. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we could be perfect and could also control what? Ourselves in every other way. If we could just watch our mouths tame our tongue through the Spirit of God and say some things that would honor Him, it can control everything else in our lives. Control your tongue. My final word. You better watch your mouth. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.